Welcome to the Focused People Podcast, where we explore the realities of leading teams and being human. On the line today, Tom McKay, Kyle Gower-Winter, and myself, Hilton Goodmans. The topic today, the power of gratitude as a business. Gentlemen, fill us in on what's been taking up your time, what's been on your mind and has been inspiring you in the past little while. Kyle, would you like to begin? Okay, on the spot. Of course, uh, the nine to five. We've also had, had some things happen with the family and the f- sort of uncommon where yeah. our dog had to have a surgery. So he had that done. The equivalent of an ACL tear uh, surgery. And that's his second leg. So now he's got two bionic legs. Uh, wow. but it's, a, it's a long recovery. And uh, that happened on Thursday. Other things occupying my mind space uh, that might be of interest to you and others is uh, I've recently finished a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And every month I have a meeting with my direct reports and uh, I discussed that and presented it to them. And those discussions have gone really well. Every month it's a different topic. But out of this one, one of the key uh, factors of creating a good habit is, of course, accountability. It, it sounds obvious. Sure. Uh, but a, a lot of the book is obvious, but it's one of those <laughs> where if you just, someone states it, it's like, oh, that that is obvious, but I've never heard it stated out loud before. And it, it just, yeah, let me do that. Hey. So out of this conversation, one of my reports took to it and said, I'm going to create a Slack channel. And it's for anyone who wants to start or stop a a good or bad habit. It's invite only. And you have to state what your habit is. Then every day you have to post in this channel uh, whether you did it or otherwise. You you have to remain active. And if you don't post anything, you automatically are put on the shame train and called out (laughs) in the channel. so Everyone knows, hey, Kyle, you didn't post anything. Get back on the train. And if you don't post anything in three days, you get kicked out of the channel and it's invite only. So I thought that was very motivating and it's a very interesting way of keeping people accountable because you can't get back in once you get knocked out. So wow, I thought that was neat. So I've been sure. thinking about habits and my final thought here is the law of compounding or maybe it's not a law, but you see it everywhere and I've started to notice it everywhere. Of course, when you think of compounding, maybe the first thing is compounding interest or, or yep. finances. Sure. But then also this idea of compounding habits, just little, little habits, little things, little actions you take determine your trajectory. And over years of doing Very the good. same thing, you can either reach a goal by going upwards or you can reach a valley by going downwards depending on what type of habit it is. Mm. And then also, it's a very political situation over here in the States. And it reminded me of a revolution versus an evolution. It's like an evolution is something that rarely stays, it sticks. It's not a drastic change, it's change over time, but it's something that rarely sticks. It's like those little compounding changes, you get to an evolutionary state versus a revolution where you're trying forcing a change, it often doesn't stick. It often causes an anti or counter revolution instead, and it causes a lot of friction. And, and we're seeing a lot of that in the political space here. So that's kind of what's been occupying my headspace. Sure. I love what you're saying for compounding. I think the, the one degree off center 
how quickly it becomes 10 degrees as we get higher and higher. Uh, in the building construction industry, people understand that completely off plumb is seriously a problem. So too with our lives and so on as well. So thank you for that. And sorry to hear about Milo. Uh, He's doing well, thank you. But that, that is good. Uh, no football for him with his ACL right now. Right. <laughs> He's <laughs> retired from football. He, he's <laughs> going to take up walking. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Tom, uh, what, what's been on your mind the last while? I've been reading a book, well, an audible book narrated by Stephen Fry. It's called Mythos, The Greek Myths Retold. And what I've been enjoying about it is it's starting from the beginning. And there's a whole bunch of metaphor within it. And it's just quite remarkable how much of the language we use comes from uh, Greek mythology. And no matter what one thinks about it, uh, the stories are, are compelling. And what's quite remarkable about the book is that many of the issues we face today and many of the ways that we use language and define our lives are so intricately woven with these stories. For example, there's a whole story about Uranus, who was one of the original... original Not Uranus. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> Just double checking. <laughs> this is the thing. It, it starts off, of course, it's Greek, so it's, it's, it's Uranus. And uh, anyway, gotcha. long story, he ends up in the bowels of the earth after Kronos does some naughty things to him. And he, uh, you know, there it is, uranium's found, found deep within the earth. You know, it's, it's just so unbelievable how many of the words right. we use today. Kronos eventually is ordered by Zeus when the third level beings effectively beat the Titans. He has to observe every moment of time. And so most of the words we use today, chronology, anything to do with time and chrono being the beginning is from this thing. Yep. So one often marvels at the power of language, the power of metaphor, the power of myth, the story within it, and how when we're going about our daily lives and our sympathetic nervous system is wired, we see what's before us and we forget the eons of the world. We forget those who've come before us. We forget the storytellers. We forget how much more perspective there is in this situation than we think. And why I really was grateful that we were going to talk about gratitude in business was because I fundamentally, there is a, a good time that one should be fundamental. And I really do fundamentally believe that gratitude is a very powerful method in which to embrace the power of history, the power of perspective, the power of more than one into sure. a situation or into one's mindset. And what seems so bad before you is no longer so bad because there have been so many more people going through all sorts of things. There's so many stories that have got you to where you've got. And suddenly you can see more clearly or suddenly you can be more compassionate to yourself. You can okay. feel less lonely. And in fact, they did a study. It took 300 people 
and uh, they put them into control groups and uh, a third of them uh, they were all the people who were suffering from depression or anxiety one of the control groups was asked to write gratitude letters during the period of the trial of the of the study and the other control groups were just given counseling and i'm not sure how they were differentiated but at the end of the day we all know that what the results would be i don't even have to tell you the people who were given the gratitude letters were so much better than the rest gratitude is about perspective gratitude and interestingly enough when they looked at their language the people who wrote the gratitude letters used we more often than the rest they talked about collective things they talked about groups of people they talked about sure. a collective experience and the power of gratitude is it gets it out of i it gets it out of single thinking out of sympathetic sure. stress thinking into broader parasympathetic thinking and it's majorly powerful and sure. that's what i've been thinking about well well let me piggyback on that i think the the two things that have occupied my mind uh jerome boateng you may remember i'm a bayern munich fan jerome boateng is uh, one of the central defenders and he was part of the world cup winning uh, squad german squad as well and he's 32 years old and has been dating a woman for i don't know about 9 months or something like that and he broke up with her and a week later she committed suicide and that hit the, hit the media and he immediately left the club world cup and just went back to kind of you know reflect to get back with family to meet with the other folks and just how traumatic that must have been for him but obviously life for her what's taken her to that place where even though she's got a 6-year-old son on his birthday she commits suicide rather than being with her son wow and i looked at this and i thought man it's it's that one of the the key things of you're not alone you know one of the key messages you're not alone people want to help you you don't have to go through this on your own whatever you're struggling with uh there are people who care about you you're a person of dignity and value you're a person who has great worth to the world and to the universe and that uh, underlying dignity of our humanity and our need for each other just came through very very strongly through that and so I was quite cut up by that and just uh, my desire to see nobody go through that and you know it even triggered some more volunteering spirit for me for like where else can I get involved in helping people who are really struggling in that way as well so the mental health dynamic is so real for folks and uh, if you don't see hope of of getting out of the mess you're in either in your business or your life because the debt is there or the relationships are so chaotic that doesn't mean that the answers don't exist it just means you can't see them right now and you need to get fresh perspective you need to get others who can help you to see and to go beyond because on your own right now you are struggling to see that's all it's saying to you Just on another quick point I was watching Chernobyl the five part HBO mini series that I uh, watched we, that super powerful isn't it Yeah uh, what stood out to me there uh, there's some wonderful moments where purpose comes through very very strongly for example they need divers to risk their lives and go down and shut off the water which is still leaking into the core there's a beautiful scene where the professor comes in there and he says we need 
volunteers to go down and switch off the water. We will pay you 400 rubles and you might get a promotion. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys stands up and he just says, yeah, and we're probably going to die. How much radiation is there? <laughs> and uh, the guy clearly realizes that's not the button to push because these guys know enough. They know. They've seen the ambulances carting people across. They saw the explosion. Mm. So ironically, one of the politicians stands up and he says, you'll do it if you choose to because millions of people will die if you don't. You're the only ones that can do it. You're the only ones that can rescue them. Millions will die unless you come through. Immediately, three volunteers. I'll do it. <laughs> and it just spoke to me. There's another instance with coal miners where a similar thing comes through. Basically, share the why. Help me understand what the value is. And I'll buy in heart and soul even if it costs me my life. If there's a greater cause. And I think it, it again goes back to uh, Viktor Frankl and his man's search for meaning where he said something significant still to do. What's that big thing that is that overarching purpose that you feel like, yeah, that's so meaningful. And if you haven't mm -hmm. found it, of course, we want to find it together. We want to find those really overarching purposes, the things that move us and motivate us and get us out of bed in the morning saying, yeah, or at least, uh-huh, or maybe mm -hmm. one click lower. Hey, which is about <laughs> us and before the first cup of coffee, you know. <laughs> I love, uh, of course, Simon Simon Sinek talks about it in a different language. Of course, he's, he you know he says start with your why. And if you Absolutely. look at most companies, you know, we as we're talking about business in a way and trying to translate it into business. Yep, most companies start with a vision, you know, a sort of a mission statement that's that they they uh, summarize into certain words that define their vision and. When we look at a lot of those values, they're overridingly positive. It's very seldom you walk into a company and on their wall it says, swindle the customer. You know, <laughs> charge them more than, than we should, you know. <laughs> uh, whether they actually conduct themselves ethically is a, is a separate question. But most people define their values in a positive way. And when people think about gratitude, I stopped to say, how do I look at gratitude? How do people look at gratitude? Yeah. And here's a question for you guys. Is gratitude a decision? Is it a state? Is it an action? What do you guys think? Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes, I like it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, it's all of them. It sort of doesn't have a limit. It's a, yeah. It becomes all of it. It's mm -hmm. a mindset. It's an attitude. Mm -hmm. And I think and it there has are to be times, driven with actions. Have yes. Followed up with actions. Followed up with actions. And, and if I had a thought to follow, follow up with that was that once I'd settled on that, it wasn't one or the other. It's a whole way of being that very good. can be very powerful. And in terms of a business, when you have a gratitude mindset, the power is that you really do appreciate the people, your staff. You do appreciate the challenges of the business. You appreciate the gifts that the business gives you, not just financial reward, but some of the, the things that aren't great <clears throat> and how they mold you and sure. grow you. And 
they that gratitude sustains you in the face of difficulty mm-hmm. and that gratitude well, gives so. you perspective when things are going badly it really is a powerful thing and it doesn't have to be where you're so grateful you're in the clouds everything's just happy and positive i think sometimes in the darkest of anger or in the time where you need to get you know really hard on your staff or hard on yourself or hard on the product it's gratitude that keeps you even killed it's gratitude that stops you from being too aggressive or that stops you from having road rage or stops you from being imbalanced in terms of how you live your life. So I I I feel it's it's very very important for a modern business person to embrace gratitude. Can I tie that into what I've been thinking this past week? Is it? And you mentioned Simon Sinek, uh, his most recent book The Infinite Game. It talks about and you also mentioned companies having a mission. He defines the infinite game versus the finite game and companies focusing on a finite game is that those who have a goal like we want to be the software leader in you name it hospitality or something right that's that's their mission and and it's probably a perfectly fine mission but the challenge is is what happens when you achieve that goal when you are successful in your mission what then it's very similar to say i want to lose 20 pounds so you go on this crazy fad diet it works you lose the 20 pounds what then oh it's a sigh of relief i can stop dieting and you usually okay. return to what you were doing before the very reasons that you put on the weight so when it comes to habits and when it comes to mission statements company should have an infinite goal you shouldn't be playing to win you should be focusing on the system you should be focusing on being the just doing your best because there is no end goal there is no end state like you want this business to continue you want it to continue to live on right or is there a finite end to to your business like when has when will amazon cease to be amazon you know once they've reached this goal and then they shut down no i mean jeff bezos probably wants amazon to live on forever yeah and you tie that back to this the personal habit and James Clear states that you shouldn't have goals you should be working on the system so for example i want to run a marathon that would be a goal sometimes it's too overwhelming and maybe you never reach that goal and you feel like a complete failure or one day you reach that goal and then you say finally i'm done that was the you know i hated it and i'm done i got through it <laughs> and now you should focus on the system and he puts it on identity I don't want to run a marathon but I want to be a runner. And then every decision you make through the you filter through that lens. Like is this what a runner would do? Would a runner be eating this right now? Would a runner sleep in or would a runner get you know you identify you start and you identify with what a runner would do. It becomes your identity. And eventually you will run a marathon just because that's the natural, you know, it just keeps building up. Yeah. And same with a business. If you say, you know, I want to be the leader in hospitality software you could redefine that to be an infinite goal and say something like and I'm trying to think of it on the fly here i want to give the best experience to every individual that ever ever comes to my hotel i want to give them a lot you know a life changing experience or something like that are you going to reach that goal no because people are going to just keep on coming you'll never hit there's never an end state 
And if you always wanted to give them the best experience they've ever had, what if they come back a year later? You've got to top what they did a year before. So you're always in, you're always improving. Yeah. And that's the challenge. It's like you're in it not to win it. You're in it to do your best, not to be the best. It's sort of like this infinite mindset. Same with running or same with setting a goal versus yeah. making it part of your identity. Picking up on what you're saying, Carla, I mean, obviously, there's a strong continuous improvement dynamic there and innovation is part and parcel of that as well because you're reinventing things, remaining agile as you listen, as you learn. It's the key of learning and remaining open to others' input and all of those kind of things, which uh, requires us to keep open, to keep grateful, <laughs> to keep listening to others and, and appreciating others. I was looking at a culture survey recently where gratitude is down a whole lot in terms of appreciation in companies, where recognition programs are at least 23% off in most organizations. People are slacking off in these times on recognition because they're saying, well, we don't see you. We don't know what you're doing, mate. Or it's just simply a case of, sorry, we don't have money to reward you with money. And so then we don't re reward you with anything. We don't recognize you and say thank you for what you're doing. So I think appreciation in terms of gratitude is also such an interesting theme coming yeah. through right now in business. My final thought was, I didn't tie it back to yeah. gratitude, but a company no. that's focused on a goal often forgets about gra gratitude and, and they'll put the pressure on, they'll put the stress on to hit that goal, to hit those numbers. Right. Whereas if, if you know there's not a goal, there's not an end state, it's an infinite thing, they will then not feel the pressure to hit a number, but they'll take time to appreciate knowing that this employee, I need them to be here for the long term, the long game. They need to be yeah. uh, appreciated. And, and it just changes the focus a little bit. And I think that's what I was trying to come back around to. It's very you. good, Carlo. And yeah, you almost reminded me about the being taken for granted seems to be one of the key opposites of gratitude where you don't take people for granted when you're grateful for them. You, you actually honor them in some ways. Uh, I remember there was a book called A Culture of Honor and in it he was saying a culture of honor needs a culture of confrontation. So that's the balance point. But you need to be able to respect people and give them their due for how they're building the organization with you. And I think we, we quite easily don't do that. We, we just expect it as part of the job, but we didn't clarify those expectations. We didn't say to someone, listen, this is what I expect of you in the role. And when they do, when you achieve that, you will get nothing. <laughs> when you surpass this, I might say hello. Uh, mm. It's an interesting point. Tom, what are your thoughts on taking people for granted and, and gratitude? Uh, so I, I was reading the other day and what came up very interestingly was that they were saying that one of the opposites of gratitude is greed. In a way, gratitude can also be a measure. It says that I have enough. It says that actually I'm okay. I have this or I have something. So the base of gratitude is a feeling or experience or mindset, whatever it is, that yep. says I feel good about something. Gratitude implies that there's something that I have an asset or I have something that makes me feel good and I can appreciate that. Can I just 
Y- yeah. Word out there. You have enough. Correct. Versus enough. The opposite is I want more. I, I want more. Enough. I need more. So in a way, had Adolf Hitler stopped for a moment and embraced gratitude for for you know the many good things in the world, he wouldn't have had to go down such an extreme path. So in a way, so, we're using gratitude in a in a large way. Uh, it's 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 a word of many many uh, different faces in a way. Mm. However, it expresses so many things. And yeah. what I was reading about said that a lot of the time, when we aren't grateful, we feel that we we don't have enough. We're not enough. I need as small as something like I need more food. I haven't eaten enough. And we're not talking about people in poverty. We're talking about going to the buffet table, and we've actually had four plates. And you know, it's that <laughs> sense of I just, I just need a little more. Yeah. I just need, you know. Your question originally was just remind about taking me, for granted. Taking, taking for, for granted. granted. Okay, so it's a, it's slightly different, but in a way, uh, we all know that when you stop to be grateful. The thing about gratitude is that it requires you to recognize similarity or something that you like. So when you're in a gratitude mindset, even if an employee is behaving really badly or not doing their job, gratitude brings you back to compassion, where you still realize this person is a human being, this person's on a path, and therefore, even if I'm going to fire them, even if they no longer belong in my organization, I can treat them with dignity. Because I have a gratitude mindset, and I appreciate that this person—that's not the end of their journey. They've got a whole other life to live, and they might walk out of your company, and they may may walk down the street, and some little child is walking across the road, oblivious to a car, jump and save the girl's life, and they've just done a heroic thing. They might be a hero in other areas, and um, you know, yeah. sometimes when you talk about a gratitude mindset, it it can seem like you're ignoring the harshness of the world. And you're being unrealistic. You're trying to create this sort of hedonistic mindset where you walk around loving everybody and hugging trees. And we aren't discounting that life requires hardship at times. It requires conflict at times. It requires that old thing that there's an appropriate moment for every single different response or human characteristic. Even the worst of us, there are times when it's required. Or, or appropriate. Yeah. Can but I the reality this? is that. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Uh, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt. That was a cliffhanger. The reality is. The 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 reality is very simple. Gratitude is one of those things that gives you perspective of the whole. When you're feeling or experiencing, or thinking in a in a smaller way, it still allows you to do both at the same time. You don't lose perspective. You don't forget who you are. You don't forget your why. You don't forget yeah. that long-term uh, purpose, or as you said, Carl, not being too focused on one goal, but having a longer sense of why you're doing it with a bigger vision. Gratitude is that thing that gives you both, gives you the ability to be in a moment, having a cup of tea, but having perspective of this broad world, and it's really powerful if used correctly. That. I want to tie you back to one of the first comments you, you, you mentioned talking about writing a thank you and the study of people writing thank you notes. Mm. It's all knowledge is connected. I just hear that 
in echoing in my mind all the time. So I'm coming back to the compounding and and gratitude, it can snowball one way or another. If you do a little act of gratitude, it's a little bit easier to do a bigger act and a bigger act. And and you're creating just through a few of your actions now, you're creating this mindset if you keep on doing it and the compounding effect. And now you're you have this gratitude mindset. You what you maybe what it wasn't intended to, you just thought you know what, I should just write a thank you card. I should just do it. And you do it and you take that action. And, and you see the effects and it's motivating. And it has an effect on someone else you do it. Same as you, you mentioned Hitler. How can someone have that much evil in them? It was compounded over time. It was not, not having gratitude. It was having a, uh, an evil thought or a greedful thought. Yeah. And then having another one. Surrounding yourself with people with like mindsets and then together you have more and, and, and then it, it starts and it spirals out of control. Like enough is never enough. I mean, you, you, you could be talking about bias and racism, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything, anything. And the, the other little jot, note I jotted down is uh, you keep, kept mentioning gratitude mindset. I've also, I think it's the same thing. I've heard people with an abundance mindset. Those yes, who are I would freely say it's the giving. same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And I think now, now we're getting into a powerful discussion. Yeah, we are talking about bias and racism, which is so such a big, a big topic. But in a way, if you let me put it this way: if you go to a nightclub, or you go to you know, you look on YouTube and there's some video of some fight outside a a KFC in the middle of the night. And you made those guys sit for two minutes and listen to Mozart and think about gratitude. What's the likelihood of that street fight taking place? I mean, you know, (laughs) it's pretty hard to do bad things when one has got an abundance or gratitude mindset. (laughs) But I think I would challenge you on that. I I think that wouldn't help because (laughs) it's a compound thing. For them to get to the state where they're willing to pick up their fists and have a fight, they've probably there's a lot of built up, compounded anger, neglect, or whatever it is that have brought them to that point. And it's going to require a lot of unwinding and unlearning and encounter. You know. This is true. I mean, obviously, it depends on the circumstance, right? Yeah, so it sure. obviously depends on the size of the of the of the energy buildup. So let's right. get clear on that. I do think that. Um, that at, at the end of the day, why we really wanted to talk about this is because often when I'm not feeling great or I'm battling with something in myself or my own life, one of the things that relieves my stress, relieves my anxiety, is when I sit back and I contemplate the things that are going well in my life. And let's also bring to the table that unfortunately, Gratitude often is an awareness of what's up and what's down. So when we talk about gratitude, we have to bring, bring it forth that sometimes we think of those who are going through worse things than us, and that makes us feel better. And so comparing <laughs> is, in a way, it, it, comparing is a part of sometimes of gratitude, but it's not saying that by others being less, we feel better. It's, if you don't mind, permit me, I'll give you an example. I just traveled away with my family. Uh, we were down in Cape Town and we were having a marvelous time. And and as I was driving along, having this great time, I, I saw uh, some homeless people and 
at that moment, I realized uh, this feeling inside, this pang of regret. Regret that here I am in the sense of comfort with my family, having such a great time, and there's somebody battling. And at that moment, two things came to me. Number one, that the way that you honor that person is to wholeheartedly enjoy that moment with your family. You know, there's no point both of us being in, in difficulty. So if I've got an opportunity to, to maximize time, be wholeheartedly in the moment and say yes more often than no and really enjoy it. At the same time, commit to a life of, of service, service to a higher ideal, service to what you were talking about earlier, Kyle, to service to a, a beyond a goal, a service to a way, almost what you'd call a way. And, and in that way, I will serve people in my life one way or another. I'll serve the employees who work for me. We, we, you know, we'll, we'll look for opportunities to help people and grow people. And in a way, that is a gratitude mindset. Really, that was where the power of gratitude hit me. I realized yeah. you can have regret and you can feel sorry for others in worse situations. And yet you can still be totally in the moment and maximize your life. Just making sure that at the end of the day, you're not greedy, but you do enjoy it. And then once you've enjoyed it, go back and chop wood and carry water and make sure that you, you effectively try and change others' lives along the way. That's so um, good, Tom. So much of this I relate to because of my faith. And what you just said is, is so funny because, you know, before the term Christian, before the people who followed Jesus were called Christians, they referred to themselves as the way. That was the term the Jews who were following Christ were called, and they were known as the way. Wow. Uh, a life of commitment and, and a, or a way of life rather than a goal. Sure. Sorry, I'm starting to chuckle. I, I, I'm certainly not the same. I'm certainly not the same dude. <laughs> but you know what? We, we, we're very grateful to have stumbled across some of that wisdom and being able to present it here and discuss it, you know, and, and to be able to find it along the journey. I mean, that's the privilege of, of this group. It's a privilege of focused people. Uh, we, we come upon these truths and uh, we really hope that those listening are able to, to hear the, the intention behind them and take them into their own lives. It's certainly a challenge I'm trying to do with mine. Absolutely. And I think uh, some of the themes that I'm, I'm hearing, there are three big ones coming through. The one is uh, framing perspective, how gratitude helps to frame perspective and to help us to see things differently because we, we see ourselves as being resourced, as having enough. And that's such an important thing. And uh, to our listeners, you may want to actually make a bit of a list, and, a list for yourself as to how resourced are you, we, how, you know, spiritually, financially, physically, in terms of relationships. What are those resources that you have? How are you actually resourced? And uh, things to be grateful for. And just encourage you to journal those things, to put it down and uh, just record it because we so easily go through these things. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I tend to hear wonderful things and think, wow, that's fantastic. And then just like a car wash, I'm out and on the road again. And I, I haven't taken time to let it simmer and let it uh, become part of who I am. And that's the other part that came through strongly is this compounding process of making it who we are, assimilating it, making it part of who we are. 
and that it's a layering process layer upon layer of good stuff to take us where we want to go and that gratitude at each of those points helps us to really avoid depression strong anger that would take us to road rage because you're not allowing it to build up uh, depression again you start with mild depression and then you enter deeper depression etc you don't start straight away in the depth it's a lot of compounded circumstances and beliefs and thinking and all of those things together along with chemical issues as well i'm not denying that there are chemical problems but all of these things together compound how you end up and so it's so important to however we can uncompound it take it back segment them a little bit try and work on what we can work on take one thing at a time and nail that thing uh, which is kind of what you're saying putting the running shoes out and say i am a runner and put those mm-hmm. shoes out each morning and and just get walking make the first steps third thing i picked up on was generosity that there's a sense in which there's a natural uh, spin off which is generosity that like tom you're saying uh, that we live for a higher purpose that we commit to do something meaningful as well as being president uh, president <laughs> well, well it could be that i guess well uh, sorry uncle donald <laughs> um so if you are present um and you are enjoying the circumstance you're actually living in the moment uh who was it uh wild at heart what's his name john eldridge wrote the book yeah. wild at heart and he mentions that uh, you've got to do what makes you come alive because the world needs people who are alive and i think there's a sense in which those come alive moments are so important we need to acknowledge them we need to enjoy them be grateful for them and uh life is difficult and so we can't say that there won't come a, a time when we can't enjoy that anymore so let's enjoy it and make the most of it and be generous with however we can whether it's sharing our knowledge whether it's mentoring coaching if it's being able to contribute financially or contribute in other ways to our com- communities and do things i think there's so many opportunities for generosity if i had anything to to say as i'm listening to you both the frequency of gratitude i think is what really matters you know it, not that frequency <laughs> it 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 becomes it becomes powerful through frequency a little bit like the the atomic habits but at the end of the day the frequency that one ponders or embraces gratitude into their life the more impact it'll have on your thinking anybody who's really battling should start as soon as possible in the most simple way you know yeah. the like right now there are people who we know covid they're battling to breathe take a deep breath and just be grateful for that breath it's clean it's free it feels great it's the small things that add up and often we measure ourselves in the big things they've got a better house and a better car and a better job and their nose is straighter and <laughs> sometimes we lose sight of the importance of the small and consistently things before us and one always thinks when someone's committed suicide that story told us hill if just they had stopped to ponder how fortunate they are to have these billions and trillions of sure. atoms going around this body in perfect synchronicity and the way that they could pick up a phone and phone someone in a strange country and have a meaningful chat with them in one second 
you know, so good. sometimes you just want to just give people that that opportunity for perspective, frequency of gratitude, and making it a part of as many moments. Subconscious, don't even have to think about it anymore. It's yeah. just with you; it becomes part of your being. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, you, you took it out of my mind, Tom. Uh, if you want to get to that mindset, you want that to be an automatic thing. You want it to be a subconscious thing. You want to not have to think intentionally about it. You just want it to be your default. That's what a habit is. A habit is something you don't think about anymore. You just do. Some of us are in the yeah. habit of making coffee every morning, and we just do it. There's, there's no questions about it. No thought process. I could be sleepwalking, and I'd still make the coffee. Or <laughs> you, you drive to work, and, and you're not even thinking about it. You're thinking about something else, and suddenly you're at work. It was just, you know, it's automatic. And, and to get there, like you're saying, we have to. If you don't have that mindset, you have to practice it. Do something simple, but do it every day. So take that breath every day and think about how grateful you are for it or or write something down or send someone a, a note of appreciation, but just do it. Just do the little thing every day. Even if you yeah. write something that you're grateful for down, you don't have to send it. You don't have to share it with anyone. It's just the practice of doing it. And then you'll see over time that will become, you won't even have to think about it. You'll just automatically take yeah. a breath and, and say, this is this is wonderful. Uh, so I love what you said there, Tom. The only thing I'd add is maybe hold your breath until you can't anymore, and then take a breath because then you really appreciate how much your body needs it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's it's the, the simple things, right? But we can't exist without breath. So so try and exist for a minute without breath, and then take <laughs> a breath. Absolutely true. Well well said. Well sure. said. Gentlemen, thank you. I think my, my closing thought would be that we move in the direction of our dominant thoughts, that what we dwell on is what we make happen. And if we're dwelling on anxiety and we're dwelling on what's wrong and all of that, we tend to move towards that. Just like a racing driver, if they go off track, they can't afford to look at the wall because they've got 0.2 of a second before they hit the wall. What they've got to do is to look to the recovery point and focus their eyes and then their hands will follow. Uh, and uh, likewise, we can't afford to, in this time, allow ourselves to ruminate and let our thoughts be dominantly on the negative. Because there's enough of that to, to, to depress us, to cause us anxiety and stress. Yeah. Let our thoughts dominantly be on what we want, not what we don't want. That we dwell on that and mull on those things so that we can be more effective. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time. So here we are. We're saying be grateful, be safe, and be focused, people.